they had been uh, too naked with their vulnerability. You know, they thought they had been safe with this friend, but what they shared, and they believed that what they shared would not be exposed. But later on, it was, it was found that it was told to everybody. And now they had closed up and were just wanting to remain unknown. Hi, this is Barry from Turning the Page, and this week's uh, blog, blog, podcast <laughs> is about being vulnerable. And um, just as I record this, I'm feeling quite vulnerable and quite, um, yeah, because my old dog, <laughs> he's 16 and a quarter, so that's like 100 years old, human years. We're going to be putting them down later on today, so it's quite a sad day, and it it expresses how much I love, um, I love him, but also know that he's actually quite um, arthritic-y, and he's losing functions in his hips and all over the place. So quite a um, sad day, but you know when you're naked, you're open to critique. You're vulnerable to both rejection and acceptance, and you're never quite sure which way it'll swing. <laughs> and uh, this person, you know, they, they don't share with much with anybody now. In fact, everything is masked up and hidden away. Secret thoughts, passions, desires, longings, and questions, lots of questions, sort of stay behind the walls. Perhaps one day they'll find the presence of someone that can listen to to their naked vulnerability of the story and sacrificially clothe them with some form of acceptance. I wonder what it would be like if you were to be known fully by one other person and most importantly loved for everything you are. Now it's probably <laughs> impossible for us to grasp this because we are so aware of our flaws and our failings but in this instance, just try to imagine there'd be nothing of that. There'd be nothing to hide. Everything would be open and perfect. You'd be like kind of translucent and others could just enjoy the uniqueness of you. See, I still long for the kind of love that we first felt back in Eden, the Garden of Eden, uh, to be known and have uh, unselfish love flow towards me and from me to others. A suitable helper, a soulmate, someone to be soul naked with and feel no shame. In Genesis 2.25 it said that Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. See, I want to be known. And so I open the door and I hope someone will provide Eden interest in my heart. You see, we still have the scent of the garden waffly wafting deeply throughout our subconscious. We want to be known, but often we feel quite unknown, uh, alone, invisible, and sadly a kind of an indifference at times from others. Now you may well think this is quite self-centered thinking, uh, this desire to be known, and it sounds very selfish, but and that it's all about me meeting my needs, you meeting my needs, but it's not because you are made and created in the spirit of deep community. We were made for translucent communion with each other. 
deep in your heart you also want to know at least one other person where you can commune with oneness you want to meet them in their unknownness it might be scary to get to know the other at a deep level it might hurt and push some of our own buttons but deep down you want to know them and be with them in their place like i, I was in a conversation with someone the other day and i was deeply and genuinely curious about something they said we talked briefly about many different things, but most of all, I wanted them to feel known in the struggles they were facing, not to be fazed. <laughs> What's fazed? Fixed, advised, saved, or set straight. I didn't want them to feel like that. But if you want to know anyone at a great depth, there has to be some sort of payment made of time and respect. Look, I love the game of cricket especially test match cricket and this is the game where they can be it can be played for five days and at the end of the game it can be a draw imagine that five days <laughs> it can be a draw i try to describe test match cricket as a five-day arm wrestle where both teams are wrestling to the bitter end i want another game and everything that is going on so recently i signed up for a pay-to-view subscription with a local internet provider to see the matches and relationships work in a similar way <clears throat> and the currency is time and respect. How many times do we only find out something deep and quite significant about someone after we've talked with them for many, many years? It's like we have to pay the due of time and respect before trust was built enough to allow the other to feel safe to be known at that next level. You know, a spouse discloses how they were abused as a child. But only after years of observation and trust building have, have they felt room for them to be known. Look, I've had times, at times I've had conversations with people who have been quick to tell me their dark stuff. It's like this is their identity and they want me to know. They go too naked too early. Now you may have heard about how we're all like onions and there's a great little clip in um, Shrek about Donkey and Shrek talking about onions and you peel one layer off and then another and then another and you find we're like that aren't we we have layers and every layer reveals something deeper about the person a new level a new revealing and more often than not though um, tears of connection need to be mutually expressed with each disclosure and there needs to be a connection and when people reveal themselves too early I sort of want to reclove them a bit and get to know the outer layers first. It's only fitting and respectful to know the whole before exploring under the skin. Perhaps too naked too early is a desire for validation of pain. I heard Brene Brown talk with Simon Sinek on a podcast of his and she said that vulnerability minus boundaries is not vulnerability. It can be oversharing, it can be shock and awe, it can be attention seeking but it's not true vulnerability because what you're looking for usually when you broadcast is validation of pain not connection that's from Brene Brown very good Jesus didn't broadcast his struggles he didn't tweet out the wrestle in his internal world instead he invited a few close friends in and we find time and time again that he spent most of his time his deep unlayered time, onion layered time with three men and one woman, James, Peter and John and Mary. And the night before his crucifixion he pulled them aside and went into a garden. 
Mark tells us that they came to an area called Gethsemane. Jesus told his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, John and James with him and he sank into a pit of suffocating darkness. He said to them, I feel bad enough right now to die. He, he, was, he was letting them know, deep know. And they said, stay here and, and keep vigil with me. He, he led them into his internal world. And Mary, well, she stood both at the foot of the cross, at the base of the cross, and also waited at the tomb. Um, she knew him deeply. And it says in, in John, the, the Apostle of Love, um, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. Jesus himself felt safe to be known by these four. John, though, was probably the, uh, the one that Jesus allowed to come in the closest. John wrote the love story of Jesus' life and then wrote love letters to the early churches. I think John smelt the perfume of the Garden of Eden, reaching over the walls more than anyone else. He himself felt known and offered the delight of being known back to Christ. Look, I, I spend a lot of time in people's gardens, pruning, weeding, spreading compost, planting. And occasionally I smell the perfume of a beautiful rose coming to my senses. I seek it out and find it bringing out its colourful scented glory. I stop and smell the roses. I take deep draughts of perfume into my soul and give thanks. I know the rose and I'm thankful for its exposure. I often smell something of Eden's delight in the lives of the people I meet. There is something that I must seek out and know. They might consider themselves as woody, thorn-covered, and thoroughly ugly. But with time and consideration, there is beauty and purpose that is expressed in none. To know someone takes time and respect. Here's some quotes. To love at all is vulnerable, is to be vulnerable. <laughs> love anything in your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must never give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully around with hobbies and little luxuries, avoid all entanglements, lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken, it will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. C.S. Lewis. And this is from Henri Nguyen. When we honestly ask ourselves which person in our lives means the most to us, we often find that as those who instead of giving advice, solutions or cures have chosen rather to share our pain and touch our wounds with a warm and tender hand. David Riddell says that can you be vulnerable yet? We all need touches and hugs but first we must take down the walls that have been built too high around our hearts. Kurt Thompson says that it is only when we are known that we are positioned to become conduits of love. It is love that transforms our minds, makes forgiveness possible, and weaves, <coughs> weaves a community of disparate people into the tapestry of God's family. And Rob Bell, he says, Opening up your soul to someone, letting them into your spirit. Thoughts, fears, future, hopes, dreams. 
that is being naked. Some questions to ask, consider. What would it be like to be fully known by someone else and not feel shame? Two, who are your closest friends, people who deeply know you? Three, how do we demonstrate safely to another so that they can feel safe, it's safe to be known? Hey, um, I, I do hope you found this helpful and I hope that you are able to be known and that you would like to know somebody else at that deep level. Um, email me. Love to hear from my readers and listeners. Um, Barry at turningthepage.co.nz And I look forward to talking with you next week. If you want to support what I'm doing here, that would be fantastic. Uh, come over to turningthepage.co.nz forward slash support. Until next week, we'll see you then. Bye.